1: Walter Smith was sat in his office bristling at the meeting he was just about to have. It was early in the September of 1994, just days after the infamous week from hell where his side had failed to qualify for the Champions League, had lost to Celtic at Ibrox and were eliminated from the League Cup, a trophy they had almost exclusive rights to by Falkirk. Now Smith had to summon his star signing back from his home country for crisis talks. Two months earlier, down the corridor in the Blue Room, David Murray sparkled as he introduced him to the Scottish media. There had been more expensive signings, certainly one at nearly double the price the year before, but in the chairman's opinion, none is good. This was, in his words, the biggest. He was going to be the difference in Europe for a Rangers side who couldn't afford to miss out on the elite again. The fourth estate were in no doubt that this was the most exciting signing in Scottish football for a number of years, and the front page of first editions of the fanzines bore his picture. The player himself seemed to agree. He could have gone elsewhere, Genoa, Tottenham or Arsenal, but he chose Glasgow not because he liked the town in his words, but because he wanted to play at the highest level, and that is the European Cup. In order to be successful at that level, he said, you need skill, experience, good tactics and good players, but the Rangers were capable of it. Ironic then that so soon after arriving, he would be telling a very different story to the press. Or did he? That's what Smith sought to get straight. Describing Smith's tactics as crazy, he also lambasted his new colleague's attitude before the crucial tie with Ike Athens as all wrong by saying you just cannot go about winning such an important game when you're having a laugh in the dressing room half an hour before the kick-off. It was a major embarrassment for Smith when he needed it least, but apparently it was all lost in translation, not for the first time with a new Rangers foreign signing and all just a big misunderstanding. Ultimately, though, it never worked out, and for the second season in a row, the marquee signing was a disaster who didn't fit in. Fortunately, however, there was another, and although he arrived with slightly less fanfare, he would go on to become a Rangers legend. Season 1994-95 shared many of the characteristics of the season that had just gone. Injuries, players forced to play out of position, cup disappointment at home and abroad, but it had one shining light. It was a story set under grey Scottish skies in the foreground and the brightness of a very enjoyable and entertaining World Cup in the back. It was a year where the subject of entertainment and individual flair dominated conversation. One where the Rangers' support worshipped the birth of a new god and mourned the loss of an old one. We're here to talk about 94-95. I'm joined by Mr Andy McGowan. How are we Andy?
2: I'm great Martin. Sounds uh, like an exciting episode ahead.
1: Exciting is, is certainly one and in, interesting, it certainly will be, and very appropriately for this episode from Athens, it's Mr John Cowden. How are we, John?
3: Yeah, I don't think I would ever describe it. what's about to come as great, <laughs> certainly not in the field, but yes, let's get this done. <laughs>
1: well, that's the spirit. Um, for those listening in the future, we are recording... Um, in an official and formal period of mourning for the death of Her Majesty the Queen. Um, I don't know if you'd know any different, um, given the, the, the subject matter that we're about to tell. One of, if not the most uh, difficult period of, of of two or three months in, in, in Wattlesmith's time as manager, certainly in, in his first spell. Um, and yeah, we will we, we'll get through it all. Let's talk about the signings then. Given... What he would go on to do, it's a wee bit jarring to think of Brian Laudrup um, being kind of secondary on a, on that kind of summer bill. Um, it should have jarred at the time more. Um, he was a European champion with both club and country. Uh, he was voted the fourth best player in the world by World Soccer just 18 months before. Um, if we'd signed that kind of pedigree now in 2022, I think the crowds would be from Edmison Drive all the way down to Paisley um, but maybe some reasons Andy to explain that relative um, subdued reception firstly we expected it Rangers fans expected big signings by now every year so you know well, yep sure that, that kind of fits the bill big deal secondly the first loudrop to Rangers Speculation um, was about his older and more distinguished brother Michael. Um, just in the week after the, the Scottish Cup final, it was known that he was leaving Barcelona, and I think the Herald said that you know, Rangers were a certainty to be one of the clubs who had made a bid. He would, of course, sensationally go to, to Real Madrid. Um, and possibly, thirdly, and um, there was a feeling that his career was at a crossroads. By his own admission, his career was at a crossroads. He had won, officially won a Champions League medal with, with, with Milan. He'd, he'd gone to Sampdoria after the, the Euros ninety two. 1992. Um, Sampdoria, eh, sorry, Fiorentina. Fiorentina had been relegated that season. He went on loan to AC Milan for 1993-94. Like he played seven of the, the Champions League games which qualified him for a medal. Wasn't uh, used in the final because of the former Rule. But he hated Italy. Uh, it frightened him, his own words um, and he felt stifled by that that kind of tactical um, rigidity um, so maybe there was a sense that well this guy's kind of failed there um, the, the parlance of, of, of social media at the time I'm sure would have been um, you know Serie A reject um, does that explain why Loudrop instead of Bowley was the maybe Second signing of of interest that summer.
2: I I mean your recollections there, Martin, exactly it seems mine. I, I can vividly remember being on my supporters bus, Or waiting to get on it, and we're talking about the speculation and. I wouldn't say it was an afterthought, but it was kind of like oh, we're signing a winger. That's good. We're signing a winger. Mm. Christ, we we're signing a winger. All right, we're signing much more than a winger, but it was a kind of um, nonchalant ignorance to. Maybe our support, but maybe Scottish football in general. Because, as you say, we knew about Italian football. We it was beamed into our, our rooms every Sunday. Um, but I don't think we realised the the kind of player he was. Because we also knew him for the 92 champ, European Championships, mm-hmm. and that, yeah. the Miracle of Denmark. And he was obviously an integral player there. So, when you look back, it is a quite a strange thing that we didn't realise what a diamond we were getting. But I do think it had a lot to do with the fact that Bowley was by far... A more visible and high-profile name, given mm. the Marseille escapades, given the fact that he was a, a you know France centre half, he was well known to British audiences. with his you know, headbutting Stuart Pierce and mm. stuff like that. So um, he was the he was a bigger name than Loudrop, and um, I think the expectations were bigger on bowling than they were on Loudrop. Nah, so yeah. quite staggering.
1: I, I always felt that I, I got his signature before Rangers did, but that, that's not true. Um, I think he'd signed then going home and then come back over to effectively you know start pre-season. Just as I, with my family, were flying out to Florida for holiday at the old terminal. It was the new Terminal 2 then. It's just basically a um, the kind of... Uh, I wouldn't say ramshackle hot, but it's where the COVID testing is now at Glasgow Airport um, and we were c- waiting to queue up to check in and my dad was looking out the windows he thought he saw John Gregg kicking about and of course he did see John Gregg kicking about and um, Loudrop So I get my, my boarding pass um, or my whatever ticket I had um, signed by Loudrop still somewhere John, can you remember what you, you made of them? Even the players took a while I spoke to David Robertson on the network years ago um, and he said like they were playing, playing dream maybe in one of the, the first pre-season friendlies, come in at half-time and thought, this guy isn't as good as they, they make out. And it turned out that we weren't as good as he was and we had to cut, catch up to him. He was making passes that I simply wasn't reading. But as time went on, I knew that if I got the ball to Lowdrop, I could make a run and nine times out of ten he would find the pass to me. He made their life so much easier.
3: Yeah, I think the Italian football um on the Sunday afternoon ball, so it was the Saturday morning with James Richardson still going? Yeah, yeah. And to be fair, Fiorentina got relegated and then Milani didn't get too many games because they also had the three foreigner rule, did they not domestically agree? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean we were watching Italian football, but he wasn't actually coming through. Yeah, you know, whereas you would see all these other players, your Viales, I think would be kicking up. I'm trying to think all oh, the, you know, Sam would be doing it, etc. So you're watching it every week, but you actually haven't seen him, which is, therefore, when you say you're signing him, you're thinking, we're getting a sub. Mm-hmm. And there is also, you think that you're getting his big brother, and it's one of those, well, it almost feels like, well, I kinda go, but I'll send along my wee brother if <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm trivialising it, but there was that whole... And actually, even the way he spoke pretty much his whole time through it. But, I mean, once, you've, once he started doing what he could do, it, didn't matter, it almost felt a like retirement move or, or somebody being bullied or beaten up or whatever and just wanted to come to somewhere... Nice and safe. I mean, it sounds really weird that somebody's leaving Italy to come to the, the, you know, the friendliness of the ranger support when things aren't going quite well. But for <laughs> oh, surreal, that might seem. But it, to me, it made more sense than Bali. Um, because we're still in the three-four in a row. And the Italians were doing, which I thought was a smart thing, is you get the real creative players and you should, Build your defence because it's easy. in those days it seemed to be easier to defend to a degree or should have been, and you just get Scottish players. So to waste a foreigner in your defence, no matter how good he was, particularly when he plays, does he not in the, almost the same position as your captain? Yeah,
1: well we'll get we'll get to Bolly, <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's yeah.
3: <laughs> you know, but so I mean, Bolly was the and we would see playing We knew what he could do. And it, he scored the winner, didn't he? And I mean, he just was, and he was larger than life, mm. you know, at, at, on all levels. But I mean, Laudrup, he just he didn't do anything in Italy. I mean, and we weren't watching the Bundesliga really back in the early 90s because it wasn't on the telly. Where well, he you did know, shine, s- to be fair. I mean, he,
1: he, he was a bit of a sensation um, for, for yeah. Bayern. No, no, he was. But you, I mean,
3: you know, yeah, we, we don't know that. You yet. Don't see him. Well, who's he?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah
3: Whereas exactly. we'd seen seen italian football and more often than not in the season before we signed him he was on the bench and he was overshadowed despite playing really well in 1992 because it, all of us were conditioned from probably world cup 86 when mm-hmm. denmark really burst through with michael loudrop and he was firing goals galore for barcelona so the stats might say Brian was more effective at Euro 92, I have no idea. He was far but more Michael effective at 1992,
1: because yeah, Michael Loudrop never played in 1992. He he had retired, would uh, have fallen out, and could not be persuaded to, to come back. No, no,
3: no. I mean, that just shows where, where I am and the whole thing, but there, there is that, that is the perception. that Because uh, Michael Loudrop is... He does Barca and then he does he go to Madrid? And yeah, score about three against Barca. For yeah, a yeah. I mean, he's doing everything, and he's everything which is the opposite of his brother. His brother's obviously looking for a quiet life. And moving from
1: Barca to Real Madrid is somebody <laughs> yeah. who yeah, <laughs> maybe he, craving a bit of a limelight. <laughs> yes, I mean, he fell out like with Cruyff and for all sorts. And Rangers never pushed it. They, they brought Lord his family to see the city, show them, I guess, Cameron House and and the surrounding area, maybe the more rural surroundings that they hoped he would call home. Uh, but left it completely up to him, and that patience was rewarded and what, 2.5 million maybe, 2.3, it's it's, it's a wee bit un, unclear how much he signed for, as these transfers always are, but it is very doubtful whether Smith and Murray ever spent uh, money that much as wisely um, before or since. Uh, they spent slightly more on Basil Bolle, but they knew him, of course, he played in both uh, the Marseille games. In 92 93, he you said John, larger than life, very physical player. as Mark Hately or Stuart Pierce, and and maybe because Rangers could look at, at what they had on paper Miko, Hustra, um, uh, Durant, I guess, uh, as creators. McCoy's returning soon, he'll definitely be back. And even if Haightley has been run into the ground, surely now Duncan will kind of come good. Legality's pending, um, so we, you know, we have. Something there. What was the biggest shambles of last season was was defensively, and you know he he was the real deal. He was quality. Um, and fall of fall, the first edition of fall, of fall of that season has a picture of ball in the front. Um, with the headline: The Terminator has landed. Um, everyone was 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 just kind of hyped about this Murray. You couldn't wipe the smile off his face, as I said. But cooler observers may have had some doubts and certainly should have been sharing some doubts um, for most of his time at Marseille Bowl he played in a three-man defence played mostly as sweeper certainly played sweeper in the Champions League final um, and if he did play in a four as I think France were still using he played on the right-hand side of central defence where Richard Goff played Smith's captain pretty much immovable so unless he was going to go to a three this yet again like Duncan was something that didn't really make sense with the players that Smith had available. And like Duncan, there was an issue with integration. His English wasn't as, nearly (laughs) as good as Loudrops. Um, He he hung around with Haightley and Trevor Stephen a lot because they they, they could speak some French. It was years later, Haightley's book, um, he he writes of his scepticism. He says, I saw Basil as nothing more than a bully and feared that once the typical Scottish strikers got stuck into him, he wouldn't want to know I was proven right. But, No one was really making those pronouncements at the time. His talent was not questioned. Um, What was questioned, because he had other um, attributes, other um, characteristics that that, that Scotland's media got stuck into, Um, I will read you a column from uh, the celebrated and much-loved Scottish diarist Tom Shield in the week um, that that Bowley signed. He said, The signing by Rangers of Basil Bowley, the talented black defender, is good news not only for the Ibrox Club. It transpires that Mr. Bowley is eligible to play for Scotland. His great-great-grandfather had Scottish blood in him. He ate a member of David Livingston's expedition. I mean, welcome to Liberal Scotland, Andy. Um, That's 1994 for a prominent diarist in the Glasgow Herald um we had a Church of Scotland minister I think and and, you know a few weeks after this saying you know Rangers going out to buy bowl he was uh, akin to going out to to buy a black pudding um this was quite incredible that that reception I thought we kind of got all over that with with Walters a few years before um so there's that cultural thing um but the football thing didn't really make sense when you started to be a bit cooler about it because we were all excited by this. This guy scored a win on the Champions League final, right? We are dreadful at the back. You know, two plus two equals four, no?
2: Aye. I mean, on the race thing, it's worth remembering that even in 1994, progress was slow. And, mm-hmm. and even when you, when you told me that there, I'm quite shocked that that was possible. But... Um, on the player himself, uh, you're right. I mean, we we lament transfer scouts and you know forward planning for buying players nowadays. Mm. When we've got um, almost a you know a, a computerised system akin to stock market and stock picking yeah. for for buying players, and here we are buying a player who was a right, right No, he kind of played sweeper for Marseille, didn't he? He used to play in a in a three. And uh, we've signed them, and I think we, well, as, we, as you'll find out, put them all over the place. But it was it was you know Goff is the right hand right hand side centre half, and and so Men Bowley was going to play on the left hand side. Um, the first thing I remember about Boley was that he wasn't as good as your average Scottish centre half in the He was he was competent. He could jump. He does kind of bounce in his leap. But he wasn't as good. He had an unorthodox method of, of heading the ball and it kinda of stuck out for me when he, when he signed for us. He was competent enough, he was solid enough. And um but the the early games didn't help. And I often wonder what would have happened if you know, the games we're talking going to talk about in this this program um panned out differently. But uh, his reputation was greater than the actual um you know, what what we got. Um it wasn't the Basel Bully that I expected to sign and mm-hmm. I think maybe it was perception rather than reality that we were buying into.
1: I think there's a lot of perception rather than reality that we are buying into around that time. Uh, interestingly, Rangers were after another centre-half. That was um, another Dane, Mark Reaper um, from mm-hmm. Um, We wouldn't pay what they wanted. Murray at Bolly's press conference seemed to kind of dismiss that and was very confident. Arrogant. Um, complacent take your pick that I'm sure he'll end up here um, it, it's what he said he'd go to West Ham I think for 1. 1.8 1. 1.9 um, that summer but um, yeah that name might come back to haunt us a wee bit um, in, in future years that may have been the, the better priority what of those existing Rangers players whom Smith had promised to rid himself of because um, he had big talk after that Dundee United Cup final about who was getting the axe Um well, not many, certainly not very quickly anyway. Ole Kiznetsov was really the only big name that, that, that left that summer on a free transfer to, to Maccabi Haifa, what could have been, etc. But Gary Stevens, Peter Hustra, Fraser Wisher, they would have to wait till later in the season uh, before going. And in the end, there was no dramatic departure for the goalie. Um, Smith has been candid through the years. If an offer had come in, Gorum would have gone. He wasn't playing games, he wasn't at it. Um, He was on the list. Um, Gorham speaks in his book about having kind of mixed feelings. He didn't want to leave Rangers and he was kind of praying that no offer came in, but on the other hand was a bit miffed that no offer was coming in and why not? Um, I think his injuries and issues with professionalism were factors for sure, um, but... the bigger factor, uh, according to Gorham, when he, he spoke to people, was his height. English football was moving away from that. It was going towards, you know, David Seaman, Peter Schmeichel, six foot four, six foot three, respectively, I think. Gorham was not anywhere near that. Um, anyway, thankful for all parties that didn't happen. Um, Gorham was allowed to go to Canada straight after the cup final or that week after being sacked, effectively, or, or transfer listed, um, which was a fan event a McCoy's testimonial event and an Ian Durant stag do kind of rolled into one the first night I think you can um guess um Gorham's behaviour uh and Brown and Durant had to basically sit him down and Tell me, to wisen up, you know, you're taking the piss out of the manager here. Um, we don't want you to go, but you're, you're going to have to get in shape. Um, so much so that he was drinking Perry water at Ian Durant's wedding until Smith told someone, I said, just get him a beer. He's a boring bastard without one. Um, but he worked his backside off. even the shape of his life um, by the time um, the, the, the new season um, came around. Um, John, can you remember any feelings that summer that, all right, you know, Gorham's way, who are we going to get? First of all, because we were talking about priority positions there, when Smith's been as public as he was, you're kind of expecting that that he's going to do something with with that. Um, Any memories of how that that summer transpired? And not only has no one come through the door, but he's still there and actually he's looking pretty trim.
3: Well, it was. I know he was transfer listed, but the lack of activity um, was... I mean, you... It didn't look like he was going at any point. And it, the ball was in his court, I, I felt, at that point. And there was no point in buying someone because who was going to be better if you could get him back? And it did feel a little bit like a shot across the bows from Smith. And sure, if somebody would come in, whoever, down south and said, whatever the number is, because uh, keepers... Tended not to go for that much mm. in relative terms, but then we'd need to have started looking. I'm guessing we would have been... I don't think there was one in Scotland that we would have
1: got. Somebody put in the thread, actually, I think it was maybe Callum and I think apologise if not, um, would we have got Leighton? Because he was the only <laughs> other, but he was... Um, He's old.
3: He was damaged goods in all ways. <laughs> yeah, he was. You no, he
1: was having to be fair, he was having a renaissance at Hibbs level, but he was not a Rangers goalkeeper. Um the whole Gorham Leighton thing that would transpire for Scotland was completely the invention of a, a Mr Craig Brown. Though there wasn't a a choice, there wasn't a contest there. Um as you know, as as much of a renaissance as he was having in his career. He also hated Rangers. So I just I was, don't I think see,
3: that's what, I mean, they're all levels. Yeah, I, and everybody knew he hated Rangers. Um,
1: so there wasn't anyone else? No, I mean, so you, you think of, you of young fraud goalkeepers. Fraud I mean, what, Alan Main, Craig Nelson. I mean, these aren't boys that are going to come in and, and do this job.
3: No, no. Uh, I mean, it, it's just not going to happen. You're going to have to go and waste, waste. use another form. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, it, it must be around here, like... Man, you not know, have to go to Barcelona and they couldn't play Schmeichel and they got yes. off four mils was around ninety-fourth time. Um it was so season, you're, you're yeah. looking at those kind of things, uh, and it is you are hoping, and I was Gorham reminded me of Derek Johnson. He was a, he's the best player I've seen in that position, hmm. but he he wasn't always professional, which upset me. <laughs> Still does. Um and if And therefore, if you get him back trim and everything and fit, he's going to be your number one. And I don't really think, I don't really see any options kicking about elsewhere, either Scottish goalkeepers or anybody leaping off the page. Because by this time, if you're with a big English club, unfortunately, you aren't coming to Scotland. Yeah, those days are done. I, I mean, those days are gone. So you're either going to have to take a risk on a young English keeper untrusted and we've seen what happened that can go either way. Um, Andrew's at the tims or you're going abroad, and I mean, foreign keepers. I mean, we're talking about the, the underlying racism in the, the diary. I mean, well, we are still in the point that foreign keepers don't catch balls, <laughs> yeah, yeah. don't like crosses. I mean, so none of the this
1: no, is two years by the mind. way. <laughs> Two yeah. years on from Ray Wilkins in the STV studio with him, when Marseille came to Ibrooks, uh, a young Fabian Bartez was in and said, You know, this boy doesn't like crosses, this this boy flaps at everything, get you know, get 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 the big lads on top of him and stuff. Yeah, we're going to win a World Cup and Christ knows what else. But yeah, I think you're right. I mean Smith is adamant, on the record, off the record, that if something had come in he would have been off. He had had enough. He was pissed off anyway, I think with the cup final and just yeah. the way that that had gone. And Gorham, he hoped and for some reason expected to come back and did not um, aid his training and recovery properly. Um, so he he felt, he felt he was getting the piss taken out of him really. Um, so he, he was furious. Um, but I, th- I think as we, we've touched on here, that there wasn't an option. I don't think there was a Scottish option with all due respect. And it, it is a waste. It's probably one of the, the the reasons that Smith ditched woods for Gorham in the first place is right, I'm not using that a foreign slot and and goals when there is a goalkeeper coming up, there is a goalkeeper available that's Scottish. Um so it, it would have been very, very interesting, but he was there. Um pre season uh, the Rangers went to Denmark, kinda low level um tour, three match tour, not particularly exciting, but the pinnacle of the preseason. Um, was something that was in the the works for some months, which was, of course, the, the Ibrooks tournament. Um, the commercial director at the time, Bob Riley, described it as something that could be the most prestigious event in Britain once it was up and running on a kind of annual basis. Those are big words. And I, I find this actually quite fascinating that, 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 that Rangers are... Not just kind of going through the most of the preseason. One glamour, Eyebrooks game, and you know, bang, we're away. It was showbiz and razzmatazz, and I think a kind of desperate cry to the world that we're still here, we're still relevant. Remember when we were the you know the biggest team in the country and in Britain, and and we could buy who we wanted, and you know, we're we're definitely still in that 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 league, aren't we? Definitely. Um, the the choice of teams I find interesting. Um. Sampdoria kind of speaks for itself. You, you, if you're creating something like this, you have to have a, a team from Serie A. Sampdoria, were what in the European Cup final two years before, the Italian champions three years before, the mix of Italian players with some exotic foreigners. Um, Mihailovich maybe comes into that category. David Platt maybe not. Um, but they were, they were fine. Um, and either someone sitting next to me on that Friday night with a Sampdoria shirt on, broad Scottish might have been obviously Scots Italian. I don't know. Um, but maybe starting to show the impact of Gazeta and the impact of, of Channel Four um on the your ordinary punter. But I want to ask about the two English teams. And I I'm interested in both your opinions on both of them. The choice of Manchester United There are fans and, and the fanzines and phone ins and um yeah hotlines that you know the, the papers would, would use who believe there is a rivalry between Rangers and Manchester United? I'm not sure United were aware of that, but that mm. there is this this feeling that 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 this is bubbling over. If it is, it's a cold war because we've never played United at this point in a competitive fixture. Um, but I think you know beating Leeds two years before, how exciting that was, um, the respect that that Rangers deservedly got but there's maybe something in fact there's no maybe there was definitely something there that yeah but it wasn't Manchester United they clearly were the real deal we want a shot at them we want to prove ourselves because I think there's a growing insecurity again about Rangers declining position in British football and there's a desperation to play them um, ideally in the final on the Saturday and kind of put that to bed Andy then John you're your thoughts or memories around the time of '94 about Rangers in comparison to Manchester United and Rangers in the context of British football. We'll get to the, the the games in a moment, but really more the the choice of that opponent.
2: I think we can look back now and pinpoint this kind of these years. When about this year, either side of it, is the the point where we diverge from Manchester United. If you're wanting to use them as the benchmark for for the the best team in England or best biggest club in England, because we have we, were two years into the Premiership. Yeah, How they've done two seasons. Two yeah. years. So um, the 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 friendly tournament itself was probably looking back on it as you've quite rightly described the kind of last throws of our muscle. Um, I think the the choice of Man United and Newcastle is pretty. Well, the, the the establishment, the biggest club in England, plus Newcastle at that point were their original noisy neighbours, OK, they weren't backed by uh, an oligarch or a, a state. That was an unheard thing at that point. But they were throwing a lot of money about under Sir John Hall. They looked as if they were going to become one of the biggest forces in England. They were really exciting to watch. So it was a case of putting ourselves up against them, putting ourselves against the, the, the best club in England. I mean, Ferguson and got Manchester United in a tremendous shape. This was the start of something special, really. Still having a cracked Europe right enough. Um, and then the young upstarts, which was Keegan's Newcastle, and then Sam Dory were pure class. I think was this the first time or the second time they came to a tournament? I can't quite recall. Was no, the first time the tournament all, was
1: there? It was, it was, this, this, this was a, um, so it was an inaugural um, event. But, the, the inaugural one, yeah. But it was the more than the, the the favourites. Yeah, it was more on the position of United, Manchester United, and how we felt because it felt that we were we just we scrappy, do wanting to kind of have a go at them, but we. I, Again, it's this imaginary rivalry. John, am I being harsh there? But I, I get the feeling that it was only in our heads that this this kind of Battle of Britain contest, this clearly two massive clubs and, you know, by far and away the biggest... In, in terms of the balance sheet, in terms of the figures, you know, Rangers were united to the, the, the biggest wage bill, but Rangers were second. But in sporting endeavour, I think this is decreasing quite a bit and I think this kind of speaks to our insecurity about that. Okay,
3: I'm going to go my age here and I don't think this was about Manchester United at all for people of my generation I think this was about Ferguson and whilst we loved 86 87 I to speak personally but I know from quite a number of us we were pissed off that he'd went south and ran away from the fight <laughs> he'd given us a kick in in the 80s all the way through he hated us and just when the t- thing turned he disappeared in, what, November 86? Yeah. So for me, it wasn't really a man-new kind of thing uh, because there was no history. I mean, okay, there was back, was it 73, 74, when we torched the, mm. the Stretford End or whatever. There isn't There isn't either a loving or a hate in either way with them. but there is a lot of history between us and Ferguson, and that's the thing. And, I mean, man there is a divergence, but the divergence isn't there because English teams aren't doing it in the Champions League at this point. I mean, the, when we get put out by the Bulgarians, Manu get put out by Galatasaray, or however you pronounce it, and then they get into the group stage, but only because they were seeded hmm. and then proceeded to get out. So they aren't, pretty soon they're over the hill that way. I, th- I think it's more around an underlying feeling for it's Fergie. And the sort of bubbling up of what was there in that early eighties. And and also for people of my age, this is the Texaco Cup. Seventy six, summer of seventy six, mm-hmm. summer of seventy six. I think I think Southampton just went every year mm-hmm. or whatever. But I mean it is this kind of glorify Willie Waddle the same idea. Razmataz, mm-hmm. we'll do it. And Sam wasn't Sam Dory were great, but and we'd had Newcastle the previous year, but at the end of the day, when you're playing, it's just friendly it's, to me. I mean, because you're playing one day after the other, it's not as if you can. You've got three days apart, rest players, bring back. It's it's nothing, but I think the man new thing was a little bit in you younger guys' mind, but I think a lot of it was all to do with Ferguson. I think the Ferguson gave it.
1: We'll, we'll pick up on some Ferguson reaction in a minute. Um, it gave it some spice for sure. I don't think David Murray gives a fuck about Alex Ferguson. I think he cares no, no, about they're, where they're Rangers fans. position is in, in, in British football and that's why Manchester United were invited because they are the team everybody either wants to be part of or, or hates because they're, they're so popular. They've won two titles in a row, they just won a double um, and yeah. I want to speak quickly about Newcastle as well. I don't think it's a surprise or a coincidence or just they were available that they're here. I know they they came for Ali McCoy's testimony the year before. Um they were starting to get that entertainer's tag. And although this was in place before the World Cup in America happened, I think there's something in a burgeoning need for entertainment. You again you look at the, the, the reviews of, of Scottish football, it's as if the whole thing is under cloud. And USA ninety four, and it, it, you could some detractors in some way, but it was fun, and it just seemed to be blue skies for every single game, um, and it was, I guess, maybe because you don't have a particular you know, horse in the race, apart from anyone that's playing Republic Island, I guess, but it was just fun, and we'll talk next week, um, uh, about the 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 kind of burgeoning cult of the individual and there's always World Cup stars of course there are there always has been there always will be but with Baggio and Haji and Stoichkov for example they seem to just drive their country on like beyond where they probably should be um, through skill alone there's no sweat involved it just looked it just looked entertaining and skillful. Uh, There was a Scottish um, newspaper review the day after the final. Uh, In the beginning, um, there was a longing to see Scotland be part of that World Cup carnival of colourful supporters and exciting players, but in the end, the feeling was one of relief that our players were not there. Scotland would have been out of place in America. The World Cup finals, which were brought to a close in Pasadena yesterday, were a celebration of football. They were about skill, goals and entertainment, all qualities which have been banished from the Scottish game. I think Rangers are aware of this. John, and I think Newcastle again bring something show-busy um, and Rangers are desperate to be part of something that, that that is brighter than the drudgery that we're going to see week by week.
3: Yeah, I think there is. I mean, I've got to say I gave up in that World Cup after Italy's first game. Um, <laughs> the House of Orange um, kind of restored my belief slightly, but yeah. I was so upset with Italy from that first game that they played that it just, yeah, <laughs> it wasn't a high point. It was entertaining, but it wasn't. But there was, Newcastle were an entertaining team. And to be fair, man, you were an entertaining team. I get mm-hmm. what you say about Murray. He was, he thought of himself the same as the Butchers boy, I think it was there. But, I mean, Newcastle were fun. You know, Kevin Keegan was a rich man's Tommy Burns at this but It would mm-hmm. turn out... Mm-hmm. But they, they were they were a lovely team to watch. I mean, they just generally were. If you could watch an English team at this point, if you had no association, they, you would watch them because they played wonderful football. And you're right. I mean, the World Cup did have the Bagios, the hajis. all of these guys. Um, <laughs> maybe we thought we were getting it in Bali. When it turns out we were getting it with the other one. Mm. Um, and and I mean, I've expunged a lot in 94-95, apart from that number 11 in Royal Blue running about. But I think we felt 93-94, particularly after 92-93, was turgid. And I think 93-94 was the last 44-game season. It was. We're, we're into three, to and
1: we're into three points for a win. My goodness. Something's actually, yeah, you mean,
3: know... No, yeah.
1: Yeah. How many years yeah. of England with three points for a win? And it's taken <laughs> us to 1994 to bring that in. And they saved me a wee bit here. Uh, this is why we have the, the, the multi-generational thing. I was... Hmm. Ca- now, Italian 90 was my World Cup. I could tell you now where I was for just about every single game. Um, But it was from Diana Ross onwards, this was just enjoyable. And... You needed a bit of that because I just, you know, watched as John said that that forty-four game season where we only win twenty-two of them. Um, you're wanting something a bit more, or well, entertaining, a bit more skillful, uh, just a bit more than aerial balls, bombardment. It was, it was like the song at times watching Rangers.
2: <laughs> <laughs> USA '94 changed football um, on the heels of Italia. And as you say, I'm the same. The Italian 90 was iconic. Um, but we we often spoke about football being a global game, but it wasn't it because the US market was still a mystery and football was a mystery to it. And uh, 94 changed it. But you're right, the, the football itself was pretty spectacular and the, the cult of the individual, because that's what happens in American sport. You know, you've, you've got your quarterback or your... The, the team that this, the basketball team's built around, there's always a superstar there. Um, and you've seen them come to the forefront. You mentioned a couple of them. It changed the way we looked at football in the rest of the world, particularly Europe, because we had often, for the Sky, what were the Sky cheerleaders called? I can't remember. The, I can't remember. What were they called? Rockies oh, something?
1: yeah, I yeah something I got that. I'll, I'll come back to and, it.
2: And the pressure fireworks used to get for Monday Night Football. <laughs> there, was, there was attempts at trying to bring in some of the razzmatazz that you would see in, in NFL and so forth, but it just fell flat in its face because the culture didn't support it. Fireworks at Ewood Park didn't work. It just didn't work.
1: Coventry so, on a Monday night. That, yeah, exactly. it, it was... It was uh, when
2: you look back at it now, you see that that's the, the trajectory yeah. for what we have now in the Premiership. And, and there's a direct line from there to there. Um, so 94 changed things. I've never ever even contemplated how it changed things for Rangers. I don't know. I think we were kind of probably left behind the slipstream of it because if we're saying that the English Premiership took 20 years to catch up with that, to make the razzmatazz mm. valid and, and actually no look at a place, I don't know if we're even there yet.
1: No, but we're, we're trying. And again, this, the, 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 and I know it's not a new idea, John. I know we, we've kind of tried this before, but it, the way we've marketed it and uh, again it's trying to say look we're still relevant up here Um, Florin Radichoi was was one name like with us the Romanian who looked superb I think he ended up going to West Ham and then just didn't appear for training or even a game because he just wanted to go shopping um, around London with his wife so you know maybe we missed out um, in a good way Um, very quickly Rangers and United would meet but you know, not in the way that, um, I think David Murray had hoped, um, Rangers played Sampdoria on the Friday um, tea time, the debut of that purple strip that we, for some reason, seemed to want to, to, to reincarnate, um, and really looked good for a while, we were 2-0 up, should have been more, Hatley missed, I think, the worst sitter I think I've ever seen, um, and then, Samp obviously went up a few gears, Lombardo was sensational, um, Newcastle beat United on penalties, I think, and, and later on in that other semi-final. Um, so Rangers played Manchester United in the third, fourth playoff, with a completely changed living, by the way, apart from Ali McCoy. So he started both games. Rangers won 1-0, David May own goal. There's some of United's youngsters that we've gone to know very well, such as David Beckham um, playing that, that Saturday afternoon. Um, and Eric Canton, I was playing that Saturday afternoon and lunged through Stephen Presley, or tried to, um, and was sent off. Um, and this is the, the the ridiculous nature of um football law at the time. He missed the first two games of the English league season because of that sent you know, red card in a, in a friendly. Um he would miss much more as that particular season went on. That's a story for uh, another evening. Um Ferguson was was furious really with the whole thing, um, because United players were just abused, booed all the time. Steve Bruce complained about it at lunchtime before the the, the Rangers game. Uh, Ferguson talked after Rangers are a club with ambition. Their directors and manager have great ambitions, but their support doesn't live up to these ambitions. Their supporters are not big time. Um, he said the behaviour of the fans stupid and pointless. If they're going to be going to boo every good team which comes to Ibrox for friendlies, then teams might stop coming. Um, some Doria beat Newcastle three one. Um, And Rangers fans were talking about, you know, the real quiz, which of course was the Battle of Britain, but um, any thoughts of superiority outside of Scotland were an illusion and that would be proved very quickly. Now, Rangers knew that the competitive start of the season um, would come in Europe, um, not the Premier League season. They'd known for months that was the case, just because of the the, the calendars post-World Cup. Um... And yet, when that draw was announced, um, Brian Loudrop says in the pre-season video that he knew that Rangers were going to likely be another season without playing in the Champions League. Um, He said, uh, after just four weeks of preparation, we weren't up for it. We weren't ready because of the new players coming in. He thought that Athens um, were one of the worst teams that we could get. Um, Now, again, we knew... A wee bit of, of what E. Athens would, would would provide, which is the hostile atmosphere. Maybe only Galatasaray were more notorious in Europe at that time. Um, but from a footballing perspective, Rangers were seeded in the qualifying round. This was quite a funny draw for UEFA because they had eight qualifiers, so 16 teams qualifying, and eight teams already seeded and in the group. So the four groups were there, the two Seeds were in their group, so the qualifiers knew what group they were going into. So Rangers and Ike and Casino Salzburg and Maccabi Haifa knew that if they won, they were going into Group D, which had easily... The two best teams in the tournament, Milan, who are reigning champions, and that season's winners, Ajax, who would beat Milan in the final. So even when Rangers don't get to the Champions League, they're still involved in the toughest draw possible. Um, in terms of qualifications, Sparta Prague were available, um, or old foes from a few years before. Um, Hajduk Split were buoyant, and uh, Croatian football um, being kind of unleashed now, um, but there were Definitely easier matches, Survey of Switzerland, Maccabi Haifa, VAC, Samsung, Silkborg of Denmark and Evanier Beggen of Luxembourg. Um, and even if the first leg had been at Ibrox, that first proper game of the season, it might have given um, Rangers a chance to grow into some form before going to Greece. Um, but I guess there was no early season evidence to suggest that that would have been particularly material. Um, okay, Wednesday, 10th of August, 1994. Um John, I think it's hard to overstate just how much of a mess this evening was. Off the pitch, uh, Rangers bust players, officials were bottled. the Geraint was very close, I think, to an injury. Um, there were flares thrown into the 750 Rangers supporters. Flags went on fire. I think Athens was fined £26,000 later on um, because of that. But on the field, my word. Boley couldn't play. He was suspended, incredibly, still serving a suspension from a booking in the 1993 final. Marcy, of course, weren't involved in the the, 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 the next season in Europe. And maybe echoes of soonest Remember when he knew Kuznetsov was coming and he went to a three anyway, even, you know, before he, he was um, in place. Smith decided to go for a back three, even though Bolly wasn't playing. Um, now, even though he was aging, John Brown was on the bench, Dave McPherson was on the bench. Um, John Brown uh, would go on to have a really good season the next season. So, you know, still a bit of life in the old dog yet. Um, But he's left-footed. He could play on the left-hand side of a three, perhaps. Not Gary Stevens... One of the best right backs I've ever seen at the club, but was coming to the end so much so that Smith had transfer listed him. Um, he's asked to play in a three, the left of a three-man defence, with Richard Goff at the centre and a young Stephen Presley on the, the the right-hand side of that that three. Twenty-one-year-old um, Neil Murray playing on the what, right wing back. Um, this was mental. If you wanted to use Gary Stevens, just play a four. He's got the players to play a back four push Neil Murray into midfield, something he's done before in the Champions League, two years before. Um what ninety five degrees Fahrenheit, Rangers of Andy Gorham to thank for the match to be remotely um a contest at the end of it, he was superb. Um, a goal in each half. Uh, the first one kind of reminiscent a wee bit of of Lesky. Um The ball kind of bobbing about at the edge of the box. The boy just rattles it in. Goff's a disaster for the second. Goram does well to save, but he can't do anything about the the, the rebound. Um, a chap called Dimitris Saravakos. Um, On his debut, which kind of puts Brian Loudrop's thoughts about, you know, needing weeks and weeks and weeks to to, to gel and get right into um, the shade a wee bit. Loudrop was lucky if he saw the ball, never mind touched it that night. Um, Smith said, after I tried the wrong defensive tactics for the game in the first half and they didn't work. System, John, that they'd never played before. That's a risk in any game, but in such an important tie, where Archie Knox has gone to see them in pre-season saying, look, they're looking pretty lively. Um, So much riding on it. You know what the atmosphere is going to be like. This was a ridiculous decision and ultimately a very costly one. I think maybe Unarea in years to come might shade that but I think this is Smith's worst night in Europe.
3: Oh, absolutely. On every level. I don't think we even tried three at the back in the pre-season friendlies against no, Samp and no. Manu. I mean, if you, and if you're going to be thinking about it, you, you play it and... I mean, you look at our signing policies that year. Obviously, is Davy Robertson injured at this point? We don't have a fullback. Mm. I mean, Gary Stevens was a Rolls Royce fullback, but no longer. I mean, that tackle was at Airdrie yeah, 18 but, months before. Yeah. I mean, he, he's, he's done.
1: He's, not, I, he's I, literally I, on the list. And by the way, about right wing backs and, and, and using Stevens, there, even when Stevens was more at his prime in, in 1990, Bobby Robson. When England went from a yeah, four yeah. to to um, a three five two, he got Paul Parker because he just had, he felt he was just a better engine. So, um, <laughs> me? but even Ed, just, I mean, but even then, I
3: mean, presley has been a bomb scare. I mean, there's nothing about it that makes any sense. As you say, if you're playing three, e you try it. B, okay, you must know that Bolly can play play in the game. You put, I mean, you see that the the tactics this night are a shambles. They, they don't get much better the next time round, and this is a team which don't do well. They put everything into getting into the Champions League, but I mean, Greece are just back from the World Cup. I forgot they'd been, but I looked up. I mean, they get hammered three times. You know, never scored a goal, lost ten. So they're in the low ebb. Ike have actually thrown up a lot of the, their players and come down in this. 33-year-old debutante. So it turns up. I mean, there's nothing about it that actually says what we're we doing. And it is hostile. I mean, I've got friends that went there and they said it was like nothing they've ever been. Despite it was a 20 odd thousand crowd. I mean, it was nothing like 45, but it was more more the stadium would yeah, be yeah. akin to Brockville, shall we say, with flares and and the heat at that time. And I think the heat was the thing that worried me more than mm than Athens, because teams were only that great in Europe at this point. Or at any point, actually, really. There was a... I mean, you just go there and shut up shop, surely. Slow the game down. Yeah. Take the sting out of it. You know, do simple things. Why risk the three at the back in this game when, you, when you've when you got more than three defenders? <laughs> no. And why put... It's almost like he's rolled the dice. I mean, it, it, it's like, what is that, game of chance or whatever? Right, oh, three or four. Oh, mm. we've got to play three. Right, put the names in the hat. Who's come out? Gary Stephen, right, your left, left hat. I mean, it is just, despite the fact you're just about to go to Tranmere, I mean, nothing makes sense in any shape or form. You know, you get Neil Murray, Stephen Presley. I mean, does that not tell you? Because Neil Murray had a good... 92-93. He's not come on in 93-94. He does feel like a one-season wonder. Presley hasn't come on in that time. I mean, we're blowing 5 million on Laudrup and Bali, and we've blown 4 million on Fergus in the previous year. I mean, what, what is our recruitment policy mm-hmm. like? I mean, there is no plan. Fullbacks we, we, we don't have, creative midfielders, not really anymore you know Trevor Stevens about but
1: yeah he's, he's a ghost he's a ghost past no, his no,
3: yeah. you know he can show touches but I mean we're just and it's not as if we don't have money it's not like you might argue nowadays They say where you know every penny's a prisoner I mean back then we were launching cash about but I mean Bolly Bolly only works and I'm not advocating I did advocate selling out Bolly only works if you get rid of golf. yeah he's five years younger that would I could see I wouldn't necessarily agree I could see the logic in saying look Goff's coming up to 32 Ball he's five years younger although actually he, he pretty says much he retires from this season onwards.
1: <laughs> yeah well, I mean, we'll see. But you can't rely logic, on that like. yeah. you, you, you can't sack your, your captain and, and put all like, no, talking no, here, so but, but I talking about gambles here but absolutely so don't him. bring him so don't bring him in totally agree totally he, agree you know,
3: going get a couple of fullbacks yeah you know get a creative midfielder which okay we do in loudrop but and that night is just i mean everybody talks it's the worst draw this is post-rationalization of unbelievable i don't remember us having that much fear about athens but i think we worried about the atmosphere Mm. both in terms of the fans and the heat i don't think we were saying oh Put it this way, they went in the Champions League and they get two points
1: at yeah, twelve. Yeah. But compared to <laughs> compared to what we what we got, that's what I mean, even if, if the game the first leg was at Ibrooks Andy, um it just maybe gives you something else because this is this is new for Rangers, new for Scottish clubs, that your first test of the season is is a Champions League qualifier. Your your first game of the season is your most important financially for the whole thing. Now that that's a bit mental, actually. That like, that 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 that's new territory. But we knew it. It wasn't a surprise, not a surprise that Bowley couldn't play. We weren't prepared for it. And although Loudrop, you know, by the end of the season saying, you know, yeah, we, 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 four weeks wasn't enough, when he signed, and he's asked about Europe, he said, you know, it's really tough, but I think Rangers can maybe do it in, in two years. So he he knew that this team are, are nowhere near it, and it's going to take more than just me. <sighs>
2: The Champions League qualifiers every summer, and it was the summer, it was like a big train that every year we've seen coming down the tunnel. We could see the lights, we could hear it going choo-choo, and we would never, ever done anything about it. It was a wing and a prayer, and we hoped that we'd get through it. And the way we hoped to get through it was by spending money on players like Loudrop and Bowley or Ferguson the year before. It was um, the ultimate tightrope, and invariably we were falling off it. And And this one was... I mean, I, I remember, I, I don't think the first leg was shown on the telly, but I, I don't know if even playing that first leg at Ibrox would have made that nah. much of a difference because um, the, 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 the highlights of that first game in Greece are on YouTube. There's a, there's a good eight minutes of it, and mm. even if it's just all the, I I um, chances, they could have won the game about 20 times over. Yeah. But that, utterly shambolic, you can see that for the highlights, We're all over the place players are having individual nightmares. You know, Gary Stevens, a, a seasoned international, he was kind of, I think he was done by then. I think, I don't think that's, that's cool to say that. He was well past his best and, and his fitness would never back to where it was. And, um, and Saravakos is one of the names that, you know, it's its there in the back of your memory, somewhere that when you hear it, you're like, Christ, Athens. Just like Turquilmaz, or Zetelli <laughs> or Nemotech, names like that, they bring back a, a, a hidden nightmare for your, the back of your memory you could you, you thought you'd forgotten about. Um it was just it was a disaster. And, and John's exactly right to, to question, I mean, this three to back shenanigans, it was it was the ultimate amateur ever from Walter Smith and it, it hadn't been tried, it hadn't even been thought about as a no. concept. And even if we had The execution of it, as you say, Martin, in terms of the deployment of the players (laughs) that we had at our disposal, was, you know, it was like back a fag packet stuff. It was, it's no wonder when we look back now that it was such a disastrous night. It
1: was as if he'd turned his back and Archie Knox had shouted numbers, and he'd (laughs) he'd he'd picked the team that way, because it (laughs) It it makes absolutely no sense. Anyway... We move on, uh, we...
3: and I. I but the other thing you got to see, though, I didn't play any games before us either. This is their first one. As yeah, exactly. as if yeah, No no, 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 they're further behind. Their league season doesn't start to twenty eighth yeah. August.
2: But, but... I, bet, I bet, they weren't refueling like our players doing. That's the difference. Yeah. No. Well, exactly. But I mean, and they've had more of a turnover. They they get rid of
3: they'd won the league, but they get rid of all the other forwards on the left. And they brought in new yeah. ones,
1: and that's is why Loudrop's thing you know, about is. yeah four weeks new players two players one of relaxation. one one of whom didn't play anyway. Um, Rangers do start their defensive title on the Saturday home to Alex McLeish is Motherwell. Tommy McLean leaves Motherwell, I'd never known anything but Tommy McLean in charge of Motherwell. He, he moved over to Hearts. Um, and Brian Ludrop's introdu- introduction to to Scottish football is is pretty hefty. I think a few minutes gone, he's he's put in his ass by Rab McKinnon, no foul. Um, he doesn't complain. He does himself off. He he goes again. Actually, he spoke later. Said, look, Scottish football's fine like that. They're trying to get the ball. It's rough, but they're trying to they're trying to get the ball. In Italy, they don't care. They're just to get you, and 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 that's what I've got no time for. Um, his, his impact was pretty much immediate. A brilliant cross for Hayley to put Rangers 1 up. Uh, Motherwell equalised early in the second half. Richard Goff gave away a penalty. Tommy Coyne moved there, equalised. Things are getting tense, especially with the, the result in, in Greece still in the back of people's minds. And Loudrop picks the ball up from the edge of one box, takes it to the edge of the other, lays it for his teammate to slot it away with three minutes to go. Um, I guess the press and fans alike should have maybe been talking more about this incredible... Scottish debut. Um maybe two reasons why they didn't. Um firstly the attention was on who scored it, was Duncan Ferguson, um who who got that winner and could it happen? Could the bad boy turn good? Could this be exactly what he didn't get at the start of the last season? Is this going to turn things around? And secondly, um well. What was about to come ensured that no Rangers player would be talked about in glowing terms for some time. Rangers did their usual uh, against Arbroath in the League Cup by dispatching them with a lot of goals. 6-1 Duncan Ferguson hat-trick before making slightly heavy weather of Partick Thistle at Farhill. 2-0 was the score. Hately in an own goal just about ensuring Rangers kept um, full points in the league. But everything was focused on this return um, of Ike to Eyebrooks on the 24th of August. Um, Smith called in the fans to play the part, like Basil Bolley did in the Sunday Mail. He said something, that we can win 6-0 if you know the crowd get behind us. Uh, what he might not have known then was that he would be expected to play at right back. And Bolley <laughs> said later to France Football that, that Smith had phoned France Beckenberg who'd played me at right-back before, but you all saw what happened, but I was not the worst player on view. Um, So, Bollie's playing... Uh, Bollie played on the, the the left-hand side of the centre defence at, at Fur Hill. Dave McPherson plays at right-back. Dave McPherson, not a natural right-back, but he'd played there through that glorious 92-93 season. And then Smith switches it, says it's not a gamble because we needed to go for it. Now, Bollie has a threat, has a threat from set pieces, but he's not a bombing, quick <laughs> fullback. I don't know what he's doing there. Again, he goes back to the ferguson Hatley thing, but Jury's there now, and Lowdrop. So, Duncan Ferguson's pushed, effectively, wearing number 11, or he might not be wearing number 11, but he was out on, on on the left wing for most of the game. This is just mental. The crowd, by the way, can I just say, and I, I, I've long argued this, the crowd before the game and at kickoff, was up there in terms of noise, uh, was up there with Marseille. and I wasn't at Kiev, but I'm, I'm sure um, that it comes into that equation. Parma, Leipzig, um, Real, let's go. We we know it's a it, it required here. Still, this kind of best the British thing. That it's Ibrox, This is bigger than um, uh, Athens. We can really. You know, terrify them, Um, and it was loud. It really was quite spine tingling. And then the football started, uh, and you know the Greeks kind of killed the tie just before half time. And Andy, this was this was devastating. Levski can write off one of those things, right? The capricious nature of cup football. But this must this was more worrying for any Rangers fan or a chairman who was talking things up that that European football the top level could be consistently realised um and it was a shock to the outside world as well by the way um Louis van Gaal who was the Ajax coach at the time expecting to see Rangers in that group they're, they're the one of the biggest clubs in Europe and I was convinced they would go through, to their, uh, through their preliminary round I'd even begun studying the players and had not paid any attention to the Greeks um I guess it was the manner that was telling. If there was any football cloud, by the way, hovering over USA 94, apart from Diego's drugs and um, Colombian assassinations, it was Greece. They stunk the place out. They were dreadful. Um, And and, and here you you are, getting knocked out, toughed out, 3-0 in aggregate, uh, by their champions. Uh, Johan Cruyff was, was also quoted, also the soft spot for the Scots, their enthusiasm is infectious. Their players probably have the, the best spirit of any in the world, but while Scottish football can be entertaining, all too often the quality of play is not of the required standard. There are too many hod carriers and not the quality of play, uh, not, not enough creators now. You cannot have a team of 11 of them and be successful. Uh, the Scots concentrate on strength and physique, where I have always picked players for their skill. Over £5 million spent, and these notions of grandiose tournaments and, you know, Champions League qualification. Mm. We're playing the part of a big team in Europe and it's an act.
2: And it's a major blow to the ego. Um, you, you, I mean, we're talking about the tournament there and how we visualise ourselves as a, as a peer, never mind a, a rival to, um, mm. to Man United. And it's at this point you've got to walk the walk and we were drunk, to be honest, we're staggering into the gutter because the the, the kind of accusations that were thrown there for Cruyff and Van Hall about the, the kind of notion that Scottish football was still a, a technical backwater was, was too close to home. It was, too, it was the truth. And I mean, we spent a lot of money between Loudrop and Bowley, over 5 million quid there, which nowadays would be a lot of money for us to spend. Only three English and, teams uh, that
1: summer spent more than that, to put it into perspective.
2: There you go. Um, so the fact that we were getting our arse handed to his home now in, in the first round the Champions League, which you know, a couple of seasons ago we, we thought we were going to win, with a chance of winning it, it was it was embarrassing, and it sucked to life because there was no Europa uh, UFA Cup as it was. You're out, and that was your season bust um, before it actually really started in earnest. The game itself, I remember as you say, the, the the atmosphere was electric. It was greatly aided by the, the Greek fans. I was quite taken aback with them. They were they were pretty mental to look at. And that yellow and black and the bottom of the the the, Copeland, the Broomland. Um and the goal itself was, you know, amateur. It was uh, if I if I've got it right, this is the one where David Robertson kinda does a similar myth kick to the one he done in Marseille a couple of years earlier and it gives the ball away right in a right bad area in the mm-hmm. middle of the park and the, they, they punishes us. and as soon as that ball goes in, and the, net, well, the t- time was a tall order as it was before that, but you see nothing doing, so it's it's done and dusted. And um, it's I, I, I would say ego. Your ego is bust because you're back to the home run. You us versus a pretty poor Celtic team, even though they're resurgent, and the dreams are d- d- dashed for another year. And we can't look at ourselves in the mirror to be honest, because we're not what we think we're.
1: John, very quickly, because we've got a couple of uh, games to cover before we wrap up but he's outdone himself, really, in a way in terms of team selection and formation and, and, and whatever uh, from one diagonal to the other Duncan Ferguson, the left winger and, and Basil Bowley, the right back
3: uh, everything, I mean we spent £10 the over the past year with Ferguson, Jury whatever and I remember this night before, uh, Jeremy Ney was in Scottsboro or whatever, and he said, I'm at Ibrooks. Rangers have never pulled back two goals, uh, uh, but I fully expect them to win 5-0 tonight. And it was... I it was even more depressing for me, if that's possible, than you guys, because has been a fortress for most all of my memorable life. Uh, I was working out, there's only four teams that have beaten us up to this point which was Ajax, the best team in the world. It's an European Cup finalists that year, Mm -hmm. Valencia with Kempes, and then Bayern Munich. And to get beat by this, team of hotel waiters. Uh, And they aren't that good. I mean, Ike finished fifth in the the Greek league. Mm -hmm. Their um, owner gets tried at that point for oil smuggling, and they've got financial difficulties. I mean, this is pro How Walter actually survived this, I have no idea, actually, in retrospect. Uh, with this and what's to come next. Yeah,
1: what's to come next, watch, really?
3: Yeah, but even this, I mean, the two selections for the games to get into playing, Milan, Ajax, where we think we should be, They, they are... I mean, at best, it's somebody spinning a roulette wheel for the numbers yeah, yeah. or somebody in drugs. And it's just... And the worst thing is watching the end-of-season video, which I'd never watched until... It, I mean, the delusionality of the players and even Walter about why things went wrong early on because we were still settling in a team and everything. And mm-hmm. they actually look in their eyes and they believe it. You're thinking, no, it's just it was amateur -er to an nth degree, which I don't think we'd ever had it until now. You said, you know, Levski, Sofia and also when we get put out by Prague. It was fine lines, you know, Levski Sofia score in injury time, Prague score were that sort of fluke in in extra time. But we won at Ibrox and it's those, you know, all scooby-doo, those damn pesky away goals rules again. This is We've not laid a glove in. Like, did we actually ever have a shot and target mm. or a little bit score in the night
1: of the game? It was brutal. Um, the following morning, the BBC's Chick Young travelled to Iberts, uh, for his usual kind of pre-game interview for the following evening's Friday sports scene. Um, what was eventually broadcast was nothing like the first attempt, which became a, a VHS legend in the 90s and a YouTube hit for the next generation.
0: Last night... Two of the disappointments depart with the big money signings from Europe this summer. bowling Madrid, would you go on with that? No, I'm not answering that. But well, what I'm trying to say is that you've gone out and spent at the highest level. Or we think the highest level, and you have to. Is the standard of, of standard of play in Europe at the top level is higher again? Are you going to have to go and match the SEMA Milan, and pay these kind of fees? I'm not following your line of questioning. You? Well, we spent five million pound, Walter, in, in the summer, on, 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 on Good players, but these players seemingly are not good enough for the, at the highest level in Europe. I don't think you can say that. I mean, how can you? How can you say that? Well, I mean, they've just came out of the place, haven't they? I mean, uh, you've got to give everybody a chance to to say. I mean, you're saying Bally and live can't play in Europe? No, I'm saying that. Well, he well, got European Cup us medal. For fuck's sake, you can't say he's not good enough player to play in Europe. Well, that's what? fucking stupid, isn't it? Well, then what? Oh, that's what you're saying. Well, I'm saying he is. Uh, obviously, there's. I mean, you can't say that Bally and live can't fucking play. I mean, um, Lourdes played seven games out of ten for AC Milan last year and Bolly played in the team that's won the European Cup and only never played in it last year because they were banned. You can't say you can't fucking play in Europe. Well, at the end of the day... Say, I'm not a fucking joke. You've been up all night working out. They're not good enough to play in Europe. Well, that was your well, fucking well, words to well, be well, well, there. Te- well, no, well, the, one well, 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 the of you fucking laughing, Billy? Jesus Christ. That was your words to be there. They too are not good enough well, to play in team, Europe. Not me. The team, Archie, oh, come <laughs> over here this fucking interview. I've got the shite of you. Oh, <laughs> well that's a, just fucking <laughs> seen the lovely interview and we'll keep. well he's coming out with worse shite than that. Glad I got
2: his fucking arse. If
0: it was me. <clears throat> I must admit. <clears throat> you can't be fucking serious at that. Alright, I got... That's what I was waiting for. I got that, I'm sure you've got his dad that bit again. The Rangers <laughs> fans. What I'm trying to get at is the just fans are demanding or hoping for. Your questions for Chairman last week were fucking shite and all right. And this week's exactly the (laughs) same. If we had a bad night last night, you're having a fucking horrendous (laughs) one now. What? You did have a bad night last night. Ah, That's what I said to you. Well, if we. You're having an equally fucking horrible one. i look at the of it. Right, but you turn around and say to me, you both two players. (laughs) If they're not good enough to play in Europe, fuck me. Why not? Why not? Do you not agree with me that the two of them didn't play well last night? Oh, but doesn't mean they're not good enough to play in Europe. Surely they fucking proved that in many occasions but when it before. For fuck's sake. I mean, that's, that's silly stuff you're coming out of
1: there. Okay, I got the video. I can't remember when, if it was later on in this season or maybe even into the to the next by video VHS um physical thing that you had to put in a machine and rewind um it was grainy it was obviously you know been passed around a um, kind of Christmas party thing um and now it's's it's got a, a second life hasn't it uh, on, on on youtube and, and it's been enjoyed um many times uh, by the by the whole of the footballing world <laughs> despite the kind of evisceration that Chick Young gets um, and the entertainment that always provides, he did have some points, or just maybe kind of badly made. Um, Loudon and Bowley were poor, and Smith is, I think, is a bit churlish to say, I'm not answering that. He could have gone on to say, was Bowley poor because you played him at right-back? Um, and he, you know, the, the language in the follow-up question, again, is, is stupid to say, you know, can these two play at this level, and Walter's right to Can I take him to task? I think he's deflecting quite a bit. Um, But maybe there is a fair line of inquiry. Bowley hasn't played there for a year. Does he still have it? Um, Loudrop struggled in Italy. Um, You know, was this the evidence why he struggled? Um, And even if they were at their peak, even if we were buying these two quality players, um, with this obsession, increasing obsession about the individual, give the ball to Brian, was it ever going to be enough in an increasingly intelligent, organised team sport? The Rangers have the money to to buy enough, anyway, enough of those players, and could they even play them because of the UEFA regulations. There's something in Young's kind of mangled English that is fair, and I think it shows Andy the the absolute pressure that Smith was was suffering that moment.
2: I check you to almost too feared to ask the question. You should ask. He was trying to get to end about Yeah. And um, he would have been totally justified in it um, because the playing a ball right back was, was ludicrous. Um, and, and to be fair, Loudrop was not top gear. At that point, he'd shown flashes of brilliance, obviously, and we could see that we had a player on the half, but um, it was not far off what you just said, which is give the boy to Loudrop. <laughs> that was our game plan. And it would be for a couple of seasons after that, him and uh, a couple of others, maybe if you're lucky, but, I, the, 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 any criticism that came the morning or the week after that game was totally justified, and I, I often wonder. I mean, when things go wrong nowadays, we always think back to, "Oh, how would Twitter worlds um, withstand the week this week when we you knocked to buy and you knocked to the cup before, Falkirk?" And it's a fair question. But looking back now, I think that. Walter Smith and the, the Ibrox hierarchy probably get half pretty lightly by comparison. You, mean, you look at us just now; we've qualified for the Champions League, we're just off the back of Europa Cup final, and there's That's you nice know to, know, hell get, to pay yeah. for some.
1: Yeah, but he's got six championships in a row, I guess, and um, in, in, in the but, bank, which which does help and it does buy back pay. But what you're right in saying, things are boiling over. Um, and yeah, you can put the Lefsky thing down to a freak in and, and, and Sparta, as John said. There's now a creeping concern that we don't have this. He doesn't have this at, at, at this level. But thankfully, we're back to domestic football on the Saturday. This kind of thing that we're maybe a wee bit more um, pitched at. Um, Celtic duty arrive at Ibrox. Um, this time with another new manager. Lou McCary uh, was one of the first casualties of the Fergus McCann regime. Take them to court um, for um, unfair dismissal. So much so that later on the season, Celtic played a a, a league cup semi final at Ibrox. So they'd be due money. Um, Rangers would take the gate receipts, then pay it out to to the, uh, the clubs involved, and they couldn't. <laughs> Celtic's account was arrested because uh, McCarry had them um, uh, on on the ropes. Tommy Burns was the the next old boy that they they'd gone back to, who had a great start with a managerial um, career with Kilmarnock and the surprise package of the season before. Um, Celtic eventually had to pay, I think, hundred grand or so um, for tapping up Tommy Bond's, one of the most archaic, draconian institutions in Scottish sport at the time. This nonsense that you can't go and ask a question of an adult whether they'd like to go and take a new job. Um, unlike the previous encounter, um, Celtic had fans, back at the game uh, in the Brooklyn Road sadly just like the previous encounter John Collins whipped a free kick into the top bin um, and there was no lucky deflection to to bring us back Paul McStay made it 2 early in the second half in an incredibly insipid performance um, take that were there or some of them Robbie Williams and Mark Owen I think were, were there in the new Rangers kits um, again Smith's Choices, four centre halves he plays. Presley McPherson, um uh, bullying golf, I think. Only golf playing in his Just rightful you know, position. You know, <laughs> um the midfield engine room now of of Ian Ferguson and Stuart McCall's really starting to malfunction. It's starting to really, really look old. Um and it's boiling over. Um Smith and the players received it. Torrent of abuse, and according to Neil Drysdale, the Scotsman, one fan made his way close to the director's box to call David Murray a fucking cripple. Um, Andy was right. How did they survive this? People forget, John, just how bad this 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 tension was because this was awful. This this day.
3: It was awful. Uh, I'm just looking at the two teams. <laughs> I'm looking at this Tim's defence. Oh, and I, I've just—I'm not worked out whether Galloway or Grant are playing it right back, but McNally, MacKay, and Boyd are up against Loudrop, Haitley and Jury, and <laughs> we don't lay, lay a glove in this lot. I mean, this isn't a good Celtic team. This is Walker and Donnelly up front. I mean, they've got—give it granted—they've got McStay and Collins. Mm. After that, they have maybe a workman like McGinley who always gets a goal, and that's it. And we, we've gave up in fullbacks. Uh, and we, we just obviously Davy Robertson's injured, and you know, well Scary Stevens might be fine for playing the left side of the defence in Athens. He obviously can't play right back. Instead of I don't know, was it Presley McPherson? I mean, the, what were we on? Was there mushrooms or something <laughs> in the in match meals? Are <laughs> I mean, you looking at all these team selections? And it's it's not a good Celtic team. I mean, McStay scores with a shot for outside the box or just inside, which it it seems to trickle forever. I mean, it is just... And there is that fury from the real shock of getting beat by Ike and A, losing to a team like that at Ibrox in Europe and B, not to be in the Champions League again after, you know... Still thinking back to all our trips, 92-93. But oh, it's Celtic, so we'll beat them and everything will be rosy in the garden. Hmm. And we lose to them poorly. Don't score. Their fans are there. They're going mental. And we are... I mean, we are all over the place. This is... I, I don't think... <laughs> I really... Andy said, how did, he, how did we survive with the management team at all uh, at all intact and the players or whatever because yeah, I would say we're more emotional and knee jerk now, but this is I would argue this is way beyond anything even recently.
1: It's that it's that concentration. Throw in the next one. Yeah, it's it's that <laughs> concentration which I'll, I'll come to in a moment. Um
3: and following on from the, the United Scottish Cup final. Yeah,
1: yeah, there's there's that I mean, hangover as well. Yeah.
3: I mean this is because we haven't kicked a ball since what about March because we draw with the Tims at Ibrox. We I don't think did we win a game in the last five or something last six games including I mean, the Scottish Cup final
1: it. yeah Um. so it, it is a, bleed. I mean, it's a is bleeding. it's
3: a bleeding continuation yeah um, and you know and I I mean they, they've put everything into it I mean they get beat by Panathinaikos. and Icos the league doesn't start it. I mean it's not good teams we're getting beat with it and there's nothing you're looking at this team and you're saying unless you see it laid out, you have no idea what our formation is. Yeah. On any level, there is no structure, no plan and there's about 10 million quid's worth of talent in there, plus a Gorham and a Goff who are still excellent players and I would argue in Ferguson is coming off it's a very good season. So it's not that you can say we don't have good players, it's just formation,
1: application there's nothing Andy I'll pass on Andy <laughs> Yeah, Andy, I'd say this was a shock disaster, whatever but we've seen it before with Smith, we've seen it the, the previous season of course um, uh, we didn't beat Celtic in two games, Ibrooks in the league obviously did in the uh, that league cup neutral 50-50 thing but um, <sighs> we've kind of seen this kind of anemic performance in in Smith's first season as well his record at home to Celtic in that first term is is absolutely garbage Um, but (laughs) yeah I'll I'll move it on and I'll I'll try and uh, ask you to kind of sum up the the, the entire week because Wednesday night sees Brian Loudrop score his first goal for Rangers um, at home to Falkirk in the League Cup which is now the Coca-Cola League Cup Um, so you know again standard Fair for Rangers, love this competition. Haven't been out the quarterfinals since nineteen eighty, um, or out before the quarterfinals. Um, but that Lowdrop goal was an equaliser. It was a sign between two Richard Cadet, um, Falkirk goals. uh small, quick, kind of clever play a lot, a lot of mobility causes a lot of problems. Jim Jeffries is the new manager. I think just been promoted. They're 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 in good fetal, um, but still this just put a bow. Uh, on on that week um, we've we've talked on this show about Smith's the first part of Smith's first full season with Gorham struggling that was pressure Sparta Prague Hibs um, in the, the the Skull Cup that weird months of nonsense really in 93-94 but as intense as the concentration of these three home defeats the teams that shouldn't have beat us three different competitions And on, what, 31st of August, Rangers are looking at the Scottish Premier Division now until the Scottish Cup comes around. This is surely the the kind of hardest point. I mean, Rangers are a joke, um, and uh, pundits and fans are loving this, as you'd expect. Andy Walker goes on Radio Clyde to say, I hear there's a new supporters group uh, called Jails for change Um... It's just, there's people phoning in saying I'm, I'm not renewing next year because um, the, the quality is just garbage. Um, I think this is probably the lowest Smith is in this period.
2: I think that's for fair comment. the uh, I mean, there was a combination of this was the time that a lot of people have been waiting for the fall from grace. Yeah. And I don't know if people really believed that we weren't going to still win the league. And I, and I know on this show, we've often spoken about us being garbage and things looking bleak, but us still knowing that we were going to win the league. Um, but that, that, I mean, that Fokker game just put a tin lid on it. Richard Cadet, he was a, 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 a kind of similar kind of style to do Arnett to us, you know, mm. was a pain in the arse. Um, that was a shock. That was a shock. And, I mean, is it possible we could foresee that we get put out of the Champions League in the first round? I do. We occasionally get beat off Celtic. I would we get beat in a midweek, you know, running a mill uh, procession in the League Cup? No, that doesn't happen, and it did. And looking back, I, I, I can't remember who I dealt with this. I think I just buried my head in the sand because the, yeah. the thing you've got to remember, Martin, The support, yeah, it was it was so incredible, but. As a support, I spoke about how your bubbles burst in the Champions League because you're out and that is it. There is no Europe this season. There's a huge motivation there for fans that just totally dissipated that those, those three games because you know, our Europe beat, beat the Celtic and then the, the League Cup, which was, was our, our staple. You know, We looked forward to getting to the Cup final and, and winning mm-hmm. the first trophy of the season more often than not. So it was a major, major blow and... and looking back on it, I don't know why there was any more questions about Smith and the the, the, the way the football side was getting run. You're correct, man, in saying that this the six in a row was kinda of unimpeachable, but I do remember the likes of Fall of Funds and there was some very, very severe criticism yeah. and and it was starting to point towards the unthinkable, which was that we needed Fresh blood right. and the dog out. Step aside, yeah.
1: That's a, a, Yeah, a manager to to and Murray was getting yeah. back. Well, Murray was getting defended because he said, well, he's given Smith, as John said, over ten million over the course of you know twelve months. Um, there's going to be another nearly two coming up um, on a the centre half. They should have signed, you know, twelve months before. Um, <laughs> but it, you know, here we go um you it, it, this this really is on, is on Walter and it's it's tough and compare it with that start to 93 94 um we we lose to Comarnock at home but we bounce back against Aberdeen in the league cup or in midweek we're superb we get battered at Petrodri and we bounce back against Celtic in the league cup you know that it it's stuttering in 93 94 uh, and the Ukrainians can't get a run of wins but they never have three results like this back-to-back. Back. And Smith always said, you know, you're only two games away for a crisis at, at Rangers or two defeats away. And it, I think it's the concentration of those seven, eight days in those three separate um, um, competitions. I don't think he he's ever been under um, as much pressure in this job, um, in this spell or or the next. It was... Hellish, and as you rightly say, there were thousands waiting for this moment and, and thought that it was the tide was turning. Uh, we'll find out how much that tide really was turning, but we've done well, we've got through it. Well done, John.
3: No, I mean, it's a fascinating thing. I think what you have to say is we were always going to win the league, and actually, I would never get rid of a Rangers manager, but you do wonder why Murray didn't pull the bullet because. You could have put any of us three in charge and we'd have won that league that year. This was the time to put it. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I think nine in a row is coming into it. Because oh, you know, f- you're out, you've done six, and seven is guaranteed oh, 99.9%. And I think that must, that's beginning to pray in everybody's 100%. minds, don't fuck up the
1: nine. 100%. And this this guy will win you league titles. Andy, thank you very much. Thanks, Martin. John's
2: right, Bert, the devil you know.
1: Well, indeed. Uh, But this was the biggest crisis of Smith's managerial career. How he turned it round will be the subject for next week. And yes, it does involve a Danish prince. Until then, bye for now.
0: Podcast Network.